The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Rogers News. Welcome to The Exchange. I'm Rob Cox, the global editor of Reuters Breaking Views. I'm coming to you from the lovely banks of Lake Como, where I had the opportunity to chat with Enrico Letta about the new government taking charge in Italy. Like the one it replaces, the new leadership in Rome is a bit of an odd couple. It's a coalition between the center-left Democratic Party, or Partito Democratico, and the five-star movement, or Cinque Stelle. The new broom in Rome will be led by Giuseppe Conte, who also led the coalition that included the five-star and the anti-immigrant EU antagonistic Lega, whose boss Matteo Salvini totally miscalculated when he called for elections over the summer. Now, I know Italian politics gets a little complicated, but that's why I was pumped to chat with Enrico. He, too, was the prime minister of a coalition government from 2013 to 2014, and he's been involved for most of his career in politics in some way, shape, or form. He's been in the Chamber of Deputies. He was a Minister of European Affairs. He was a Minister of Industry after that. He's also uber-European and now serves as the Dean of the Paris School of International Affairs at Sciences Po in Paris. And he's also the President of the Jacques Delors Institute. So I couldn't think of really anybody better than Enrico to help us break down what's next for the new coalition government in Italy. Give a listen, or as the Italians say, dare un ascolto. Great to see you, Enrico. Thank thanks, you. Thanks Thank for you. spending time with me here at the beautiful Villa d'Est. Not a bad place to think about politics and economics in the world, right? But, um, you know, one of the funniest things people have said to me here is we've got a new government, uh, well, sort of a return to normal, if you will, in Italy. Um, meanwhile, we have uh, the British political system in complete turmoil. The number of people have come up to me and said, oh, isn't it funny how Italy is more stable than Britain? <laughs> what do you think? I mean, is that true? Yes, maybe it is true because, you know, there's, I always saw a link between Italy, UK and US in this very period. Our societies are in a similar turmoil. The Italian outcome was this very strange government with Salvini as new leader and leader... Uh, political leader, leader in this anti-migrants, uh, populist, anti-establishment mood, very pro-Trump and very pro-Boris Johnson. So the, the mood was a sort of Italian Brexit mood, and Salvini was the main leader of this attitude. I think uh, he exaggerated. This is the point. Right. He exaggerated, and the reaction blocked him. And uh, he committed a sort of political suicide at the end of the day. That is not very far from what Boris Johnson is doing. Because mm. I'm, I, I think Boris Johnson is committing a political suicide. Of course, in the case of Italy, there, a lot of people are talking about the, the August coup d'etat, sort of joking about this and the fact that, you know, first of all, usually everybody's on vacation in August, but instead we had a switch of government. And it was quite a startling turn when you look at the European, par European Parliament elections in May. You had uh, Lega, Salvini's party had, you know, by, f by far the largest uh, proportion of the votes. Um, and now here we go. Quick coalitions put together, including the, the Five Star, the PD, your party. Um, you know, how, should people be concerned that it actually is a coup d'etat, or is it, or is it a is this a sort of good transitional um, example of parliamentary democracy? <laughs> uh, I think the main point is that Salvini thought 
good result in the elections, in the European elections, means I will win uh, national elections. So I will provoke national elections as soon as possible mm. and I will win that. Uh, it's a big mistake. I think for Salvini, we have to use the term hubris. Hubris is the correct term. Mm -hmm. Because he, it's impossible in a parliamentary democracy to have dissolution of the parliament if you have only 17% of the parliament. And Salvini has only 17% of this right. parliament. He had 34 in the elections, he has 13 in the polls, but in the parliament he has 17%. And the rest of the parliament doesn't want to be uh, dissoluted. So at the end of the day, uh, I think this point about the dissolution and the 17% and, and so on and so forth was the crucial point. Big mistake to think that popularity is more important than parliament. Right. You have to combine both. If you don't combine both, at the end of the day, you make uh, mistakes. Right. Now, we've got this new government. Um, they certainly agreed on one thing, which was to get rid of Salvini, to push the league out of the, the, the government. Um, but they can't, that, that's, that's not a policy. That's a, that was a, a way to win. Now, how do you go back? I mean, if 34% of the Italian electorate believed in Salvini, presumably three months ago, they still do. How do they govern? How do they create a, a system of policies that you know, deal with some of the, the major economic problems that Italy is facing? I think the main point is that this government uh, was created because of Salvini and, was, and this alliance at the end of the day was the result and the outcome of an anti-Salvini approach. Mm. Uh, I, I, in politics, and the enemy is important. It's very important, <laughs> as usual. Uh, but it is not enough. It's important to form a government, to create a coalition, but then you have to transform this government, which is a government against, in a government in favor. Yeah. So, uh, the main today question is in favor of what? Which kind of uh, agreements, really agreements, real agreements? Because until now, they had so they had few time and very short period to discuss uh, the, the program and so on. So, at the end of the day, the program is important, yes, but what is important is really the day-by-day -day life of this government. And the other main point is that this government was uh, enthusiastically welcomed by markets, by Germany, by France, by Brussels, banks, and all so the spread with boons is yeah. now down almost as low as it was before the election. And it's, that's good, but it is not enough. Right. So with, with the spread is good uh, in uh, in some circumstances can can have can play a role, but with 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 spread you can't govern a country. So what so what would be your priorities for the new government? But it is clear that new government has to uh, first of all to negotiate with Brussels a three years period. That is my take. That that brings me to think that. The key point is that this government will be successful only if this government has three years' time, so can complete the legislature. If the government collapses in six months, it's a disaster. Right. So the only way is to have really three years, so complete, complete the legislature, have a negotiation with Brussels on three years' time, a roadmap with Brussels. Roadmap means not only 
short negotiations on flexibility to have more money and to spend money. No, I think it's uh, three years with uh, so a program, long-term program. It's not impossible because it is also the first period of the new commission. So for them too, I think. So it's a reset in the Italian Brussels It's the reset of the Italian Brussels relationships. Uh, this is the main point. There are then some, I think, important issues to uh, to set up. I think this government has to be very clear on some issues like pensions, for instance. Previous government made I think very bad choices on pension. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they rolled back some of the previous reforms. Yeah, and I think these choices is necessary to stop these choices. It is necessary to um, relaunch or to have a great plan of investment in infrastructures because previous government blocked infrastructure. So infrastructures are important in in that term. It is not impossible because. It was maybe more a political, bureaucratic problem in the previous previous government. So it's possible to to have a relaunch on this uh, on this side. On taxes, I think it is important. This is why I say three years. It is important to say we flat have tax. Three years. <laughs> the the topic is labor taxes. Right. The the, the gov- government has to work in reducing labor taxes that are. For Italy, the big obstacle to productivity at right. the end of the day, and a big push in favor of black economy. So, what so, do you, how do you do that though? I mean, the rubber meets the road is is the if you difficulty here. You you have they have to establish a roadmap in relationship with Brussels of reduction of labor taxes. Uh, of course, uh, having a, a spending review well done to find money to reduce taxes. And a strong fight against fiscal evasion. That is the topic. For I, the in thirty years that I've been writing about Italy, every year there is a there is a program to reduce tax evasion. But in the last years, we had choices that were there just to relaunch tax evasion. Mm. For instance, cash. Right. So one very concrete point. Uh, in Italy, we have to reduce the use of cash. And uh, you, you know, Prime to, Minister Modi in India, at one, on overnight, got rid of large banknotes. Could you do something like that? I mean, you're part of the euro. It's not. But you know, it, it, it five, six years ago, we had a limit. Then this limit was changed. Right. So we have to come back to these limits. And uh, these limits of the use of cash are decisive. And... I think we have to. Government has to work in a, in a, in the direction of fight against uh, fiscal evasion. That is crucial because Italy is a country with too 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 big black economy. I, I trust uh, Gualtieri, Roberto Gualtieri, the the new minister. I think the is the best minister in relationship with Brussels in terms of knowing uh, what is possible, what is not possible. Uh, and he's very good also in the, I'm sure he's very good in the fight against, uh, against fiscal evasion. So this is a very, a very crucial point. The other main point is to work in these three years in, uh, on the south of Italy and to reduce the gap between. So the government has to, to work in that direction, trying to invent some 
new creative creative solutions that are necessary to to avoid this uh, this gap that is growing and growing. I mean, one of the one of the, I mean, clearly, uh, Salvini appealed to many people, particularly in the South, with his anti-immigrant rhetoric. Um, and you know, you talk to normal Italians, uh, it, it comes up quickly that there is a ah, he was right about immigrants. I hear that more often. I hear even in the United States, where um, certainly there is, uh, we're having an, there is a major immigrant um, controversy. It seems to me that that this government can't ignore that sentiment, or it, or it does so at its own peril. Now, what would be your advice to you? Knew, you now have a, a, a minister of interior, which certainly was Salvini's role in the previous government. Um, well, I mean, how do they thread that needle? given that it is an explosive issue? Uh, immigration is not a subject where you have national solutions. That's clear. Solutions are only European solutions. So I guess on this topic there are two main missions. One is to calm down the situation in Italy. It was a sort of hysterical situation and it was as if hysteria yeah. was crazy. Uh, but the second point is to launch a project at European level. And what is my take? I think that the only way is to have a new treaty on migrations at the European level outside present treaties. So to change Dublin Treaty, it is impossible to change it uh, within the present treaties. So my proposal is that Italy has to uh, make proposal with Germany, because Italy is the first arrival country, Germany is the final destination, the destination country. Right. Both these two big countries in Europe, they have to make a proposal for a Schengen of migrations or using the same method we, we use for the ESM, for instance. The ESM wasn't in, within treaties, was outside the treaties. Right. It was outside the treaties because of the opposition of the UK and Czech Republic. Here now we have the opposition of Hungary, Poland. Uh, so we have to say, okay, you don't want to be on board of such a policy? Okay, you are out, but you allow us to go forward. So we uh, negotiate a treaty 20 countries, 25 countries. Uh, this treaty has to be a comprehensive treaty with also the relocalization and the rest. Uh, and then we have to uh, sign, uh, negotiate, sign, ratify. And is the only way for Italy to say to the people that is today following Salvini, uh, look, is the demonstration is the demonstration that with our European friends we can find a solution. Until now we didn't find a solution for a very simple reason. If Hungary has the veto right and other countries are just using the veto right of Hungary by saying, okay, we can't, mm. at the end of the day you are alone. This is what happened in Italy and Greece. And uh, I think this is the key uh, point, and I strongly suggest to launch this migration treaty. So uh, this initiative. is a, so this would be if when you think about the reset with Brussels, um, certainly an immigration treaty of some sort that you're talking about. 
Um, we're, we're going back a little bit, you, you know, you said it's not just about getting a little more fiscal room, but what would you ask for, in or what would you think would be the right negotiating kind of Italy has to, not only to negotiate on uh, 0 0.1 for, for Italy, we have to push to the completion of the reforms of the euro area. That means uh, capital markets union, that means completion of the banking union, transformation of the ESM in a true European monetary fund. This plus the reform, the structural reform of the Juncker plan, having so a structural path in terms of investments. I think these four chapters, four topics, can, can be very important for a country like Italy that needs European growth and European boost. Of course, there are many other subjects. Uh, Italy is very, I would say, sensitive to the, to the trade, global trade. Sure. So we need to beat Trump and to avoid protectionism because we need to have open markets. This is the other uh, main issue and we have to work in that direction. So part of the solution is at the European level. But this solution at the European level needs the Italian initiative. This is my take. This is why this government can do more. Uh, and, of course, we have to avoid uh, crazy things at home because crazy things at home are completely are suicide. Mm -hmm. this, in when you say, what do you mean by crazy things at home? But pensions. Oh. This, this quota cento was exactly in the opposite direction. Yeah. You ask young people today to pay for uh, giving the gift to uh, people their retiring. parents yeah. to get uh, yeah. early retirement uh, in, a, in a moment in which uh, demography is changing and so on. In a moment in which one of the main problems of Italy is youth unemployment. And you ask these young people to pay for their parents. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that made that didn't quite make a lot of sense. But that can that be easily repealed? Is that a sort of simple legislative mechanism? I think it's not. It, it's not difficult, and because yeah. it is logical. Right. What about now? Other, besides Brussels, I mean, one of the key relationships um, that really suffered under the previous government was uh, the French Franco-Italian relationship. And you, of course, you're a a Parisian now, you're running Sciences Po, the great university there. You, you, you have your feet in both countries. Um, how do you, I mean, are, how important is it that that relationship be repaired? And is it as simple as just a new approach and new people? Because certainly um, the previous government was, uh, you know, went out of its way, one would say, to, to really antagonize uh, President Macron. Um, but of course, it's also true that the new foreign minister... Um, Luigi Di Maio went and met with the yellow vests at one point. But you know, uh, it's, uh, it's a problem for Italy, but it's a problem for Europe too. I am proud Italian and I say that uh, Europe without Italy is not Europe at the end of the day. Uh, and France and Germany alone can make a lot of mistakes. Mm. So this is why I think is there our interests, it is our interests to change uh, the, the, the environment at the European level and to restore a good cooperation among the 
the big four countries of Europe. Yeah. Because I add Spain to there. I think if there's a good cooperation uh, among these four countries, and if Italy is on board at the very core, uh, I think at the end of the day is good news for Europe, is good news for Italy. If we continue in this scapegoat, uh, at the end of the day, it's a bad news for us. We lose a lot of opportunities, and uh, altogether we can change Europe for the best. And what about the United States? Uh, there was under uh, there was seemed to be a fair amount of um, um, comity between the Salvini government and the, the Trump government. It seems, though, that Conte is a sort of form of continuation in the sense that I think even Donald Trump tweeted some support for him. Frankly speaking, I think uh, Trump's foreign policy is uncomprehensible because it's uh, even this relationship with Salvini then uh, supporting Conte. Uh, I strongly hope that the Americans will uh, defeat Trump next year. So he's in the hands of the American democracy. Uh, I am desperate if I think other four years of Trump. And uh, I think Trump um, influenced very much for the worse uh, European democracy, European politics, Italian politics. This is why I, I think um, not everything, but many things are in the hands of people of of the great people of Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Three states in the Midwest <laughs> that will decide the fate of the world. That's, I think so. I mean, uh, the Electoral College does give one that comfort or discomfort, however exactly. you want to look at it. I mean, it's interesting, you, you know, when I think about um, the U.S.-China relationship or, or difficult relationship, Europe seems to be stuck sort of in the middle. It doesn't seem to have a plan for it. And the Germans have one view, the Italians have another view, the Portuguese have another. I mean, is that, I mean, how, how, how worried are you it's about? It's a problem. It's yeah. a problem because we, we, it is exactly the, the, the situation where Europe um, finds his role and the reason why Europe exists. Because with China, if we go with China, uh, spread or divided, it's, it's the same with Trump. Uh, so we have to be united and we have to take common positions. I strongly hope that the, the next European Commission is able to, to have leadership on that. And uh, the Italian choice, Gentiloni, former prime minister, is a great choice. Ursula is doing very well, so I'm, I'm confident. What else? Anything else we should cover? Uh, Anything I, else on your mind? No, you yes, get out Brexit. There? Just one point on Brexit because Brexit is not only a, a, a UK problem. All right, let me ask the question problem. so that because I just sort of wanted to. You know, we can edit this. Okay. So, what about Brexit? What's your? What do you think is going to happen? I, I I'm scared because at the end of the day, Brexit is not not only an English problem. It is a European problem. It's an Italian problem. Uh, Italy is a country with the big risk to have financial turmoil around and then paying cost of interest rates on, on debt. So we, we have to avoid any financial turmoil. And Italy needs stability there. But of course, there's also the fact that we have 100,000 of European citizens and thousands of UK citizens 
they are living without knowing anything about their future. They trusted the institutions. And now they are in this limbo. Uh, it's, uh, I it, think it's crazy. I mean, will it ever be resolved, though? I mean, if you think about, uh, you know, even if it's 52, 48, one way or the other, let's say we had another referendum, I, I think there'll never be a trust, yes, but I trustworthy think, part of the uh, European Union. I, I, I think the only possibility is to have immediate or as soon as possible a sort of no-way parking. No-way parking means they it's Brexit, yes, they get off, mm -hmm. uh, but they park in a transitional uh, situation like Norway, so right. single market uh, and, and so on. And then they take the time, the necessary time, to think about their future. If they want really to leave the single market or if they are happy with this situation, this Norwegian situation. But um, it's I almost basically a transition. Way. So then they have another; they can have another crack at the question. Maybe, but Johnson's approach is the worst one. But you know, you, it's interesting. You you say that he's being stymied at every point by various institutions, largely Parliament. I look at the situation in Italy too. The Salvini government was also stymied by institutions. I mean, ultimately, it was the presidency, the president of the republic that played an, an incredibly important role. Yeah. And okay, I know that um, people in Italy, and certainly prime ministers like you, um, are very aware of the power of that, that. But it seems to me, certainly from the outside, I think a lot of people were are heartened to see that the institutions in Italy are actually strong. They do provide a check and balance. Yeah. It's not quite as brittle as it, we might have thought. As in the US and as in the UK at the end of the day, because the UK parliament is playing its role and best wishes to parliament. Yeah, and the US certainly is stopping some of, of the course. the most arguably unconstitutional instincts of the government, the courts and, and the legislature, of exactly. course, are doing it. Exactly. And we just saw a change of government in Greece that went from, okay, it was a far left, but it was a populist far left. Is it all shifting? Are we going back to some sort of new normal? Is first question, and sort of the final to that is, if we are, are the new governments learning the lessons and acting on them? In Italy. Italy, Greece, UK. Are we going to go back? We're going to be back here again in two years. You know, it's, it's. I think it's very important to understand that Europe is playing a role. In Italy, what happened happened because of the split between the two parties, Lega Nord and Five Stars, in voting in the vote for or against Ursula at the European level. Right, the European Everything Union started Commission. there. Yeah. So we have to understand that the European political space is growing, is playing a role. And if you are just playing a domestic role, thinking that you can avoid to be involved in this European, it's European part of this discussion is crucial. and. Uh, this is my lesson of, of the last uh, Italian uh, uh, events and, uh, and of course is the best wish for what is happening. Well, thanks a lot, Enrico. I appreciate you. you spending time. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to The Exchange. This podcast was produced by Freddie Joyner. If you haven't already, please sign up on iTunes and anywhere else you satisfy your audio cravings for The Exchange, The Views Room, and other Reuters podcasts. You can also check us out at BreakingViews.com and on Twitter, at BreakingViews and at Rob1Cox. Thanks for tuning in and arrivederci.